Did you hear that? What? What? That. That noise. Was that the horror comedy podcast? With Jake and Haley, Sundays and Wednesdays. The only podcast where we get high and try to scare you and share short, scary stories. Contains marijuana. Keep away from children. Welcome to the Horror Comedy Podcast. Hey! hey. That's the sound of a dab. <sighs> dab pen. I saw a meme from my friend Earl, and he said, <sighs> if you hit a, a dab pen, you're not a pothead, you're a pen pal. Uh, got it. <laughs> true. It's true. It's true. And it's I a totally. Look at him like you're sucking a robot's dick. You are kind of. I also feel like the dab pen high is like more functional. You know, I'm not too high Sometimes to live. This stuff fucks me up though. Does it? I'm all just like. Uh. This is the podcast where we scare because we care. We care because we scare. We care because we scare. And it is Halloween. Happy Halloween. Well, yesterday was Halloween by the also time you listen to this. It is Halloween We're right now. Coming to you from the past. Coming to you from the past. Coming Happy Halloween. Past. This is my favorite fucking holiday. You already know that because I've come out with two extra bonus episodes to tell you that. And it's yeah, all I've been talking about. We didn't do one of those for the 4th of July, so. No, it's true. <laughs> it's true. That's spooky, you know. People um, get blown up all, every, all the time. My grandma got hit with a firework once. It was very scary. Very, very Yo, scary. Okay, so funny, funny you bring that up. I was thinking about that this weekend. I was at my mom's picking stuff up. And uh, I like turned the corner. One time I had a party at my mom's when she was, oh, at, yeah. she was in Minnesota picking up my grandma to bring her back. So we were having a party and we brought fireworks out. It was on the 4th of July. We brought fireworks out into the street and like we're shooting them off. Well, the thing tipped over on this big ass firework and hit this guy's house and like exploded. Oh my God. And it was a big firework, like an actual, like, and Holy we, just ran. Shit. we were like, <gasps> fuck, ran. Fuck. Okay. And that was like, that was years ago. That was like five, six years ago. Drove fucking uh, past her today and it was like, it had a Trump sign. In the yard, and I was like, "You fucking deserved that." <laughs> I I hope you remember that. I'm gonna light up another one this year. I do love revenge stories, and yeah, that's a good it, one. <laughs> we were like seven years in the making. It was more of an avenge because yeah. it it was a prevenge. Let's it was, call it a prevenge. Prevenge for sure. Prevenge. Before it exploded, fell down, and then that's so did scary. that, and then you could see the fucking all the purple just be like. <sighs> Around their house. And that was, like, was in a different town. Do not worry. I mean, neighbor. that was in Kalamazoo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what I was going to say as well. Um, we love Halloween so much. It's my favorite holiday. We put a new, I put a new intro together just for this. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> we love it. it. Makes me so horny. We love it. It's it's called, uh, the song is called The Devil's Ball, and it's by Maurice oh, Burkhart. Da, 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 I get, it's stuck in my head all the time. That's not how it goes, but I mean, it is. Little, how it goes. Kinda. It's sort of like that. How are you, Jake? <coughs> I'm high now. Are you high? Um, so I scrapped our episode, and now we're redoing a full-length episode. We're doing a better episode. We're doing it much better. Jake, do you hate me for doing that? I'm real sorry. Yes. Yeah, I do too. I'm sorry. But... I, I don't hate you. Okay, but we have 200 listeners. I like that. Because I didn't do a great job researching, and I just felt like my vibe was not right. So that's why we're redoing it. And this is going to be way funner anyway. Way more funner. Way funner. Oh my god. September. So September 2015, North Carolina... Up near the mountains, in the more uh, rocky area of the state, the more bougie area, 46-year-old chief financial officer of a credit union. That's CFO for you. It is a CFO. Um, Matt Yusman. (laughs) He left the house to go play hockey. I know, I know. He went every single weekend. He actually played on a team called the Trash Pandas. I'm into it. That's fun. 
And he was a goalie. So. I'm into it. They yeah. have intramural teams. Oh, sorry. If I play, I wish I could play hockey. I mean, here, if we lived a little bit north, you probably could. Yeah. Matt fucking loved hockey. He went religiously. Um, and by the time the game was over, it was almost 12. <coughs> so he didn't pull up to his house until about 12 a.m. He opens the garage door. His 70-year-old mother, Valerie, lives with him because his mom, I mean, I'm sorry, his, his dad just died recently, too. So Valerie was upstairs in her room watching the Oscars, and they had just wrapped up. When someone runs up to Matt from his driveway, he turns around and realizes that the man is holding a gun. He says, kneel down on the ground now. Kneel down on the ground now, Matt. I say what? I'm not Matt. I'm not Matt, no. It's two houses down. No, no, no. I'm Tim. 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 Tool man. Matt yeah. does get on the ground, though, because the man pulls his gun and holds it to the back of his head. Matt had never been so scared in his life, especially because his elderly mother was right upstairs. Take the bullet, Matt. Valerie's upstairs, and she's starting to... Well, she heard Matt come home. She heard him open the garage door, and usually after that, she would hear him like put his shit down, close the door, and then come in the house. But she heard him open the garage door, and she didn't even hear him shut it, as a matter of fact. And she's, oh, my God. She's very attentive for an old lady. She is, yeah. Well, she's only uh, 70. Shut the fucking door. God damn it, Matt. God damn it. You so, live here rent-free, you son of a bitch. I would like to tell you that 70... Oh, I'm the bitch, damn it. I would like to tell you that 70 is younger than our president. 70 is the new 50. Yeah, exactly. It's really not that old. So um, she's like, what the fuck is going on? Let me and go check on this fucking guy. Exactly. So she makes her way downstairs. She goes through the house. She opens the garage door. She comes in. And when she opens the garage door, she realizes way too late that there's two men now. Two men with guns wearing baklavas, full ski masks, gloves. Wearing baklavas? Mm-hmm. They put that maple pastries all over their bodies or their face? I don't know. Uh, is that not the word? Okay. It's not. It's uh, close. Very close. It's like it bakalava or something. Let me look it up. I need to know. It's not. The way you pronounced it is a maple pastry <laughs> with many layers. <laughs> many thin layers. That's baklava. Uh, a balaclava, I think is how it's pronounced. Balaclava. I only know this because of many Call of Duties. Balaclava. Balaclava. Um, yeah. Almost certain. Balaclava, yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Okay. I was right! Yep. I'm the smartest man alive! (laughs) So, they're wearing ski masks. Balaclavas. They're wearing balaclavas. Thank you. Excuse me. baklavas. Not baklavas, which is a delicious honey dessert. Not a delicious honey (laughs) mini pastry. (laughs) Um, But by the time Val opens the door and sees the men, it's already too late. Oh! They both have guns. She... They both have guns, and Val is 70 years old. She's I'm not going to go back to bed. She's not going to make it up the stairs. Are those baklavas you're wearing? Oh, you got baklavas? I'm just putting the baklavas in the oven, I, and you're wearing the balaclavas. I got baklavas in the house. But no, it's already too late. So the second gunman approaches Valerie and tells her to kneel next to her son. Bitch, my knees are bad. <laughs> well, she does it because Valerie is no bitch. Valerie yes. is like, you know, I want my hus- I want my son to survive. I want to survive. Ah, she just okay. lost her husband. She can't really take another little loss, did, you know? Little did they know that she was John Wick. She was John Wick. <laughs> <laughs> she just fucking kung fu grannies her ass. Um, so the gunmen start to tie them up with zip ties. Which imagine how scary you're on your knees and they start to fucking zip tie you. you. Know, honestly, my mom would be she'd look at me be like, ah, this is what we're gonna do. You're gonna suck his dick, but when you put it in your mouth Bite, bite it, it off. Yeah. <laughs> exactly what you would say. Um, but there, if, if if it's me that has to do it, I'll do it too. I'll do it too. I don't care. Valerie and Matt, they're looking at the guys. They're trying to get good descriptions, trying to memorize like every single thing that they can. But literally, the uh, men have covered up in such a way that they can't even tell what color they are. They clearly know who Matt is. They already know who Matt is. Absolutely, they already know who Matt is, and they already know who Valerie is too. As a matter of fact. Well, I mean, he is a CFO. That's pretty. Big thing. Sure, sure, absolutely. That's fair to say. 
The way the men were dressed, they were so covered up that they couldn't even... Ninjas. They were like ninjas. And Matt and Valerie couldn't even tell like what race they were. One of them was very tall and skinny, and the other one was very short and fat. It's the fucking robbers from, from Home, Home Alone. Alone. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, I would be roasting the robbers. Just start saying Yo, shit. Harvey, get over here. Well, I think it was scarier for them because they did live in an isolated area. They didn't have any neighbors close by. Their house was pretty secluded, and this was a full-on home invasion. Take what you want. What do you want? What do you need? Matt at first was thinking like this is fine they're going to keep us in the garage and they're going to rob us and they're going to leave but then the men tells him to get up he's like get up Matt get up Valerie get up now so they get up and the men force them into the house onto the couch one of they're going to play Parcheesi Parcheesi now now we're going to eat do you have any food in there Val I heard you're a good cook cook. Your final meal. <laughs> um, so while Matt is sitting on the couch, one of the men comes up behind him. They put on a ski cap over his eyes and they put duct tape all the way around his head. They leave just his nose out just enough so that he won't die. But they literally full duct tape push, 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 all the way around his head, which I would just assume I was going to die. Yeah. I would be so fucking terrified. Cover the nose. Fuck it. Fuck it. And they take Valerie upstairs to her room. They tell her to lay down on the bed. So she lays down on the bed and they tell her to stay. If you leave, Valerie, we'll fucking kill you. And they turn the volume. They had a duct tape on the first one. (laughs) No, they didn't. They turn the volume on her TV way up and they duct tape her legs and her feet to the bed. Full all the way around the bed. Like enough times it's like a cocoon. How much duct tape did they bring? A fuckload. And it's gorilla tape, as a matter of fact. So it's worse. Yeah. (laughs) So Valerie is super goddamn duct taped, gorilla taped to this bed from her knees down. And the TV is so loud she can barely make out anything. But she eavesdrops as hard as she can because she wants to know what's happening to her son. Imagine the terror of your mother duct taped to her bed in her room and she can hear you. And there's two masked gunmen, and you have a... Chewing through that shit. Oh, I know it. I know it. Uh, And that rage is definitely what she must have felt in that time. At this moment, she could hear the the gunman talking. I didn't know that I had a 45 in the dresser. (laughs) I wish. I really wish that's how it went. (laughs) Um, At the time, she can hear the gunman talking, and they're talking, they're kind of arguing almost about some headphones, and then they seem to have found the headphones. I knew Matt Matt took my headphones. And they put the headphones on Matt. Um, Valerie hears them put the headphones on him, but she can't, obviously she can't hear what the headphones are saying, but Matt can, and it's a terrifying robot voice. It says, this is not a robbery. We owe 4.2 million to some really bad people. Matt, we know that you're a chief financial officer at this credit union, and you will go down to the branch, open the vault, and take $4.2 million. Oh, because I just got it later on. Right, exactly. It's a fucking Academy Bank and, yeah. bank and Walmart, bro. <laughs> I'm CFO of Academy Bank, okay? Well, that's kind of what he says. He's kind of like, dude, it's a credit union. This isn't goddamn Wells Fargo headquarters. Like, we don't have... Fort Knox, bro. We don't have $4 million laying around. But he does decide to lie and say, oh, but I, I can... Listen, I don't have $4.2 million, but I could get you $1 million. No problem. Easy. Easy. Um, whoever these people were, they seemed to know everything about Matt. From where he worked, what shift he worked, to how much he makes a year, everything. And they knew that Matt had access to the vault. At this point, they tell Matt that they're going for a drive. They tell Matt to get up and go to his car. It's about 3 a.m. now. And Matt thinks for sure he's going to be shot and left on the side of the road like an animal. He gets in the back seat of his own car. They put a pillow down and they tell him to lay face down on the pillow. And if they make a noise, they'll kill him. They drive for 15 minutes, taking a lot of turns, driving on a lot of weird terrain. Matt's just counting the turns like, dude, you just literally drove around the block six times. You took all lefts, dude. 
took all lefts. Finally, he hears them roll to a stop on some gravel. He's like, this is it. This is when they get me out of the car and they shoot me and they leave me like I'm a so deer. I've seen the Sopranos. This is, I've seen it on The Sopranos. They're going to leave me like I'm a dead deer on the side of the road. Matt is sure that this is the moment he's going to get killed. He hears the driver get out of the car. He hears another car start and drive away. And then the car that he's in starts. And to his surprise, they take him home. Hey, uh, Matt, you're coming with us. We actually got to go pick up our car. Oh, sorry. (laughs) They put him back in the house and they, you know, take him to the couch. They sit him down and they make a really odd request or they ask him a really odd question. They're like, Matt, do you want to take a shower? And he's like, uh, yeah. (laughs) Even though you've been torturing me pretty much for three hours. (laughs) Sure, I'm kind of moist. I'm very sweaty from all this torture. (laughs) So they take him up. They let him take a shower. He gets out, dries himself off, whatever. And then they come in the bathroom. They take him downstairs to the kitchen and they show him this thing. On the table, and at first he doesn't recognize it. But one of the men starts to talk and says, This is C4. It's moldable and it's detonatable and it will explode. This is not silly putty. It's definitely not. And it will kill anything, and we can detonate it with a cell phone. And Matt, we're strapping it to you. Valerie can hear this conversation and she starts to fucking freak the fuck out. She hears the duct tape. She hears them strap the C4 to her son. They tape it around his waist. He can see the wires coming out. And on the back, where he can't see it, he can feel something hard and metal. And they tell him that it's a timer. It's a giant clock. <laughs> right before day breaks, the guy, well, one of the guys goes upstairs, goes into Val's room, and tells him that they're going to be vacuuming. They're going to vacuum. And they do. They vacuum, like, her floor, the bathroom. I mean, they pretty much clean her fucking floors for her and her whole house. Super nice. Very nice. They're like, ma'am, we're just going to vacuum really quick. Don't worry. Clean up after ourselves, okay? It's not, don't forget us. It's totally cool. At this point, it's six hours into this ordeal. And Matt's work day starts shortly after eight. He was scheduled to come in this day. Well, probably not scheduled, but he was supposed to come in that day. (laughs) Because if you're a CFO, you probably aren't on a schedule, I'm going to assume. Anyway. You make your own schedule. Yeah. But he was supposed to go in at 8.30. So it's almost six. It's been six hours since this whole ordeal started. The men look at Matt and they tell him, we're leaving C4 under your mom's bed. The plan is. I don't even like her. I don't even like her. I don't care. The plan is that you're going to go to work at your normal time. You're going to go straight into the vault. At 10 a.m., we're going to text you a location to meet us at to give us the cash. The timer on your back is going to go off automatically at 11 a.m. And if that goes off, your mom's C4 will go off too, killing both you and your mother. Finally, eight rolls around and it's time. They take the duct tape off his face and his head. They take his zip ties off. They put him in his car. They say, rob this bank. Wait for the text at 10 and then meet us. You're going to need a backpack. They give him a black bag, actually, to put the money in. Yeah, so it's 8.30. He's going to the credit union, and he's scared. So, yeah, yeah, and he is driving himself. He does have a minute to himself. So he calls his boss, and he tells him, he's like, look, you need to evacuate the branch. There's a fucking bomb strapped to me. There's a bomb strapped to my mom at home. I'm coming right now to the branch. I'm going to take the money from the vault. I need you to evacuate, evacuate the branch and don't call the cops. Obviously, the guy gets off the phone and calls the cops right away. Matt pulls up to the credit union in New Britain, Connecticut. And at that point, Sergeant Dave McCarsky had already gotten his plates and the make and model and color of his car. Matt rolls up to the credit union, and at first he's like, oh, good, there's no cops. But as he rolls up to the other side to park, he realizes that they're just all on the back end. There's a fuckload of cops. There's actually like a SWAT team and shit. The cops immediately pull their guns on him and tell him to get out of the car. He gets out of the car and he stands there still. He puts his hands up and he's like, I'm wearing a bomb. At first, the cops are looking at him with 
not quite skepticism, but like suspicion, you know. They tell him to get back in the car because it's also like zero degrees outside. It's freezing. And they move so that they're 100 feet away. The Without, you know, that's, that's normal. <laughs> Protocol. Hey, we're just going to be back here. We're going to just back off a little. Um, so the police chief and everybody else shows up. The SWAT team is there. Um, they actually get reinforcements. And they call the bomb squad. They actually evacuate all the schools near them. They lock down the intersection. I'm sorry, the interstate. They close down the interstate. They lock down all the streets, everything. It's a fucking full production at this point. McCark, uh, what's his name? McCarsky gives Matt his cell phone number, and Matt calls him. So from inside his car, Matt seems calm while he's on the phone with Detective McCos uh, Sergeant McCarsky. McCluskey. I'm not sure how to say it. <laughs> McCluskey's auto. At 10 a.m., Matt gets a text from the gunman. Matt is so fucking scared. At this point, he's been instructed to just stay in his car and wait for the bomb squad so that they can hopefully, hopefully get the C4 off him without anybody being hurt. Mikarski tries to keep Matt calm. Matt, at this point, had told Mikarski about his mother, Valerie, who was still at home, just terrified, waiting in the silence. In fact, it was really silent. Like, Valerie started to realize that probably there was nobody there. So she started to break free of her constraints. Yeah. She wiggled herself out and she broke herself Is there free. C4 under her bed? There was C4 under her bed. Okay. Okay. So she that goes. That was real. She leaves and she starts to make her way to the door. And uh, to her relief, you know, through the window, she can see red and blue flashing lights. And the cops are already there. So she walks out with her hands up and she's like, hey, it's me. It's me. Um, there's a bomb upstairs, you know, under my bed. There's actually, they have like rifles pointed at her face and stuff. So she was probably like really scared. Um, but she was safe. You know, they put her in the cruiser and they tell Matt that she's safe. At 11 a.m. Or Matt, <coughs> Matt knew that at 11 a.m. the bomb was going to go off. Absolutely. He gets another text. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. He gets a text at 10 from the gunman asking if he's done with the robbery. Right. They're just hey. chilling at the park. Like, oh, <laughs> did you? Oh, hey, get real close. Remember when you said you could get us a million? Uh, Matt tells the detective what's going on. He's like, "Hey, look, they're they're asking if I'm done yet." And the the guy's like, "Okay, just just tell him you're working on it. You know, buy us some time." So Matt texts him back, and he's like, "Hey, it's more money than I thought. It's just going to take a little bit more time because I have to figure out how to carry it all and how to get it out." And the bad guys, the gunmen, they're like, okay, totally cool. Awesome. Hey, take your time if it's more. Amazing. 1040, uh, no, 1020. Oh, yeah. Good work, man. Good work. 1024 a.m., 36 minutes until the bomb on Matt's waist was set to go off. He gets another text telling him where to drop off. It's a flagpole at a local cemetery. He, the police tried to trace the phone number. It was in the area of the cemetery, but by the time they got there, there was nobody there. They do, uh, Matt doesn't get any more texts, and it's almost 10.50. So take the bag. He's really, really starting to fucking panic. The cops won't let him out of the car. You know, at this point, they actually have snipers fixed on him because they're treating him as a threat because if he was to run towards the police, you know, they were ready to kill him. Boom, boom, boom. They don't know at this point. Boom, boom, bomb. Yeah. <laughs> at this point, they're assuming he's in on it. So, of course, because cops are stupid. Right. So um, they're still waiting for the bomb squad, which is crazy. Matt's starting yeah, to freak. because they're so busy. Because they're so busy. Actually, they live really fucking far away, I guess. Okay. Apparently, they don't just have bomb squads. They have to actually drive from different parts of the state to assemble the bomb squad. Assemble. <laughs> two hours, two hours later. later. It is two hours later. It started at 830. It's almost 11. <laughs> take I-25 all the way. Yeah. Two hours. I mean, you could form your own fucking bomb squad by now. Could have learned her bomb squad. Finally, at 1050, the bomb squad rolls up. And they let out the stupid fucking bomb robot. God, I hate that thing. Me too. And they're thinking that, you know, Matt's involved, so they're going to send the bomb squad robot because they want to be safe. Straight up. 
Matt watches in horror as the clock goes to 10.58, 10.59. Put it in forward, you fucking asshole. 11 o'clock. He describes how he was too scared to get out of the car. He wasn't thinking back on his life. He was just pretty much sitting there, and he was just like, I'm going to die, and he was just waiting, you know? But there was no explosion. 60 seconds. Yeah. (laughs) But there was no explosion. Like, woof, you know, what a sigh of relief for everybody. Woof. (laughs) Woof. Everybody there is just instantly relieved. At this point, it's 11.06, and everybody's like, okay, so maybe... There wasn't hope. There's a hope. There's maybe there wasn't a timer on the bomb per se. The bomb squad says, all right, just get out of the car. We're going to ditch the robot. Pull up your shirt, Matt. We got to see what you're working with, even though it's nine degrees outside. So Matt gets take out of the your shirt. Off. Take your shirt off. Matt gets out of the car. He takes off his jacket. He <clears> takes <throat> off his shirt. He throws it on the ground. He shows them the device. They can see duct tape to his waist. Some kind of like. It looks like clay, but C4 looks like clay. And there's wires coming out of it, and there's something on the back of him. This guy suits up, and he walks up to Matt. At this point... Hardcore punk rock. Hardcore punk rock. At this point, it's 11 hours after this whole ordeal began for Matt and Valerie. I mean, I can't imagine... Valerie's cool now. Yeah, she's good. She's a badass. Um, But I can't imagine how burnt out you would be. And on top of that, he's sitting on his knees. I would literally just lay down. I'd be like, I'm dead. I don't care. (sighs) I don't care if the bomb didn't go off. I'm dead. Matt is pretty much naked at this point on his knees in a parking lot in the nine degree cold. In 2015. In 2015, they bring out a portable x-ray machine. They scan the bomb and they can't tell. They can't tell if it is something sinister. Like they're just not sure, you know. So they decide that they're going to take it off. They decide we're going to remote detonate. Just back up. The man who came up to Matt tells him to turn around, facing away from him, and he cuts the duct tape up his back. At that point, Matt tries to kick the bomb away, but the bomb gets stuck to his shoe. And the man's running towards the bomb squad to get to safety. Matt is running towards the bomb squad. And they're like, stop, stop, stop. The bomb's attached to you, you know? So he, like, throws the bomb Fucking off. three-ring circus. Yeah. Uh, it's attached to stop, your stop, stop, toilet stop, paper. Stop, stop. <laughs> it's just like... It's like toilet paper. Stop jiggling the bomb. Everyone's just like... Matt! So he kicks the bomb off his foot, off his shoe, whatever. And finally, finally... Matt runs over to the SWAT team. He's thinking like, oh, my God, I'm finally safe. Like, I can't imagine feeling terrorized like that for 11 shot by the cops. hours. Almost being shot by the cops. Almost being blown up. Having your mom kidnapped. Having your home invaded. And he walks up to the SWAT guy and he looks at him and he's like, just thank you so much. Like, I, I, I thought I was going to die. And immediately, Matt is arrested. Get on the ground! Yeah, <laughs> literally. We're resisting! Yeah, <laughs> it's literally like that. They're screaming at him. They've got guns pointed at him. They take him to the hospital to get checked out. They find out that the bomb was just clay. Just modeling clay. Of course, because ain't nobody got C4 in 2015. No. And it's just some wires sticking out of it. It's not C4 at all. The cops, at this point, have already been interrogating Valerie. She didn't have her wrists. Uh, okay, so the things that they thought was suspicious about Valerie's story was that, number one, the home invaders, they didn't bind Valerie's wrists. They, suspicious. It is weird. They taped her feet to the bed and her like legs to the bed, but they didn't bind her wrists. They brought her cookies and juice. They called her ma'am. They turned on the TV to a channel well, she yeah, liked. They don't have to be fucking rude robbers. Yeah. They're not monsters. It's a 70-year-old old lady. Come yeah. on. But the cops didn't think of it that way. The cops were like, that's sus. That's the treatment of somebody who knows you, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's weird. They also thought it was fucking creepy that the home invaders cleaned her house. It is creepy. That's weird. Finally. Really, though. I mean, it's, it's, it's smart. It is smart. Vacuum up all the DNA and then yep. take the vacuum bag. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Duh. Matt's also taken down to this station and he's being interrogated. The cops don't understand why the people took him on a drive. You know, that first drive where he thought he was going to get murdered, but he didn't. They didn't understand that. Matt didn't know. He doesn't fucking you think know. I fucking know, yeah. dude. You he's think I'm in 
He's like, I pissed take myself. You to jail. I take pissed me to myself. Jail. I'll be yeah, safe there. Absolutely. I pissed myself during that drive. Do you think I did that for fun? <laughs> like <laughs> That's why they let me shower. Yeah, probably it is. He didn't say that, but I bet it is. Um, he also didn't know why they used a fake voice to tell him his plot at first. Like there's just a lot of things that are like, what the fuck? And Little the co- seven villain. Yeah, exactly. And the cops are like, this doesn't make sense. And all of well, a sudden buddy, I don't clearly know. don't care. I don't know. I don't have explanations. I'm not the guy. That's you're the detective. You're the guy. The vibe in the interrogation room at this point has totally changed. And Matt knows that things are about to be bad. Apparently when Matt, uh, when the call first got called in, the first thing that detectives did was look into Matt's finances and ask people who knew him about his financial situation. And the people that knew Matt said that he owed money and that he was a heavy gambler. Super sus. So police think Matt and Valerie conspired to commit this bank robbery. They think it's an inside job. And they take Matt's DNA. They don't have, they couldn't, they did search his house and stuff. They couldn't find any evidence to support what he was saying. So they also have him take a polygraph, which he failed at some parts. The fucking train. He failed specifically at the part where they asked if he had anything to do with it. So at that point, they're able to get search warrants, and Matt is placed on paid leave from his job. 800 miles away in Tennessee, April 28th, 2015, the assistant U.S. attorney is on vacation doing his thing, and he gets a voicemail. He checks the voicemail, and it's a message saying, Hey, can you please call the FBI? (laughs) (laughs) which is so casual but anyway he calls the fbi and he finds out that this bank ceo martin ziegler he was pulling out of his garage he was leaving his house to go to work and he saw his trash can was tipped over in the driveway so he gets out to fix it and as he's doing so two dudes in masks with guns run up to him and this assistant u.s attorney was assigned to the case So I'm on Dick Tracy on it. I'm on it. One of the things noted was that one of the gunmen had a sunburst tattoo on his neck. Oh, God. Basic bitch ass tattoo. Well, actually, like a sublime tattoo. Like that. With a little face on the fucking. Exactly like that. And one of the robbers was a bald black man. The two gunmen forced. Martin into his house. They handcuffed him and they gave him a note. It described that Martin was to go to his bank, enter the vault, and take three point four million and yeah. any gold that he could find. Aim lower, people. <laughs> yeah, you're asking for multi millions. <laughs> and Martin had less than forty five minutes to do it. When the gunman pushed Martin into the house, his wife and his son were in there. So at this point, they had already been handcuffed and bound and all that shit. And the, uh, the gunman told Martin that every minute that he was late, his wife would lose a finger. Oh. After they were out He's of fingers. Ten minutes. Huh? He's got ten minutes. Ten minutes. After they were out of fingers... He described that his daughter, Brittany, who lived in Texas, who went to this university, they had eyes on her. And after his wife was out of fingers, they were going to kill Brittany, put her in the trunk of her blue Prius, drive her to this specific corner of her apartment, and dump her off of the bay that she lived by. That's terrifying. Terrifying? How do they know all of those details about his adult child who doesn't live with him. Suspicious. Suspicious. So the white man, the white gunman, he the white walked, man. The white man stole their land. And stole their again. land <laughs> and dug up all the bodies, but not all of the bodies in the Delta not Park. All of them. No, just kidding. The white guy, the white gunman, he goes out and he leaves the house, and then a woman walks in through the back door, and she's like, "Oh, he told me I could come in to get milk for the baby." Martin and his wife and his son, they all see it. She does. She goes in the fridge. She takes milk. She leaves. Does she have a mask? No, she was just a woman. 
Yo, don't mind me. It's fine. She had some tattoos as well. So she leaves, and then the man comes back, um, and they let Martin go. You know, they free him. They put him in a car, and they send him off. Martin's able to go into his vault and actually loads up the bag. On his way, though, he does slip a note to the teller. He's able to take $200,000 before leaving. And then he was stopped by police on the way back to his house because the teller did call the police. The reason he had to slip a note to the teller instead of just telling her was because the gunmen the whole time were on the phone with him in his pocket. And if they hung up, if he hung up, you know, bad shit was going to happen. So um, when he was spooky because like I I pocket dial all the time. So if the shit's open, I'm definitely going to be pocket hanging up. Oh, absolutely. And if you hang up. I mean, what's going to happen? Yeah, I accidentally pocket dialed the police. Yeah, the emergency number. Oh, my God. So they call me back and like, hey, is everything okay? Like, oh, shit. Uh, Yeah, that was a pocket dial. My bad. I'm sorry. I've done that before, too, because there's like an emergency button. Yep. And I've accidentally touched it. Yep. Yep. But totally terrifying. I absolutely can relate. I would be so afraid I was going to accidentally hang up. I would be like, oh, my God, they're going to kill my wife and my kid and my other kid who's not even there. (laughs) Yeah, like this walking into the bank vault. um, Okay, so when he gets pulled over, he's got the villains in his pocket. I am going to like it. But he's pretty much got the villains in his pocket and they tell him or he right right where he wants right where he wants them. And he tells him I'm getting pulled over and he hears only two words. Abort, abort. And then they hang up. At this point, um, you know, he's getting pulled over by the police. He's fucking terrified that his kid and his wife... Outrun the cops. This could be a movie. He's already... He's scared that they're dead already. Actually, what was happening is that the wife and son had been blindfolded. They were taken into their car. They were driven miles away. The whole time, they thought for sure they were going to die together. Alone together. I mean, you don't know where they're driving you to. You're blindfolded and shit. True. You're in your own car. I mean, I would assume I was going to die too, but what happened instead was they pulled over. They got out of the car. They heard another Becky. I'm sorry, not Becky. I just made up that <laughs> name. They heard another Becky. Becky and Y'all Alex. Bring me milk? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all got my milk for my babies? The wife. It is done dried up. From all the myth. The wife and the son hear another car start and they drive away. The gunman had abandoned both the wife, the son, and their car in a random location. Oh, that's nice. That is nice. The robbers were able to escape, though. Oh. Yeah. Don't like that. Were the first robbers, did they escape, too? Yeah. So Martin gives all of the details he can to the police. There's no DNA at the scene, no DNA in the car, nothing. They have literally nothing to go on. Matt, at that point, hears this case and he's like this is the same people matt is being brought up on federal charges right now at this point he's getting fit to see a jury to go in front of a grand jury he hears this case and he's like you guys this is this is what happened to me and my mom like this is what happened it's the same guys you know like he's he's snapping out but nobody listens to him um Tanner and Abby Harris lived in Tennessee with their five-month-old baby. They were in their, like, honeymoon phase, you know, when they're all cute. Oh, God, snuggle me. Abby goes for her run, and when she comes back, they're going to bang straight up. That's what she even said on Dateline. And she leaves her baby with Tanner, her husband. She goes downstairs in her workout gear, and she opens the door, and there's two masked men standing there. They probably do. But she slams the door. She locks it. She runs up the stairs. She's a runner, so she's able to get up there pretty fast. But by the time she's at the top of the stairwell, she can hear them prying the door open with a crowbar. Get the gun. Abby runs upstairs. They're obviously chasing her. She slams the bedroom door right in his face. She's telling her husband frantically, there's men coming in the house. There's men coming in the house. They're coming up here. I think they have weapons. And she can hear, to her horror, the sound of the crowbar at the bedroom door. The only place left for them to go is the bathroom. So they run in the bathroom. They lock the door. Um, Tanner is holding the door 
while. What about your gun, Tanner, that you should have? That you should have. Man. Meanwhile, Abby is trying to find a weapon. She's trying to calm the baby who's screaming. Nope. Put the baby in the back. Put of the, the baby in the tub. Grab the back, back of the, the toilet, toilet. Put it in the toilet. Smash their brains in. Smash. Um. Clearly. So. Can you find a story where we that that actually happens? <laughs> I would love to. Next episode. <laughs> I would love to. We've been waiting for so long. Um. But eventually the men pry open that bathroom door and they get in. And they get their hair straightened. And they get their hair straightened. No, they cuff everybody. They blindfold everybody. They this take the baby. This would not Someone would be dead with a pair Somebody of would be dead. Absolutely somebody would be dead. We have dogs and shit too. I'm trying so. to think like what in our bathroom besides the back of the toilet. I'd be like hairspraying them. I would rip the um, one of the mirrors off and I would use it and smash it into their eyes. I would use the fucking from the shower definitely to at least blockade the door if not as a fucking javelin they get in they cuff everybody they blindfold them they take the baby they tell tanner does he have a sunburst tattoo no oh well not that they can see tanner is a loan officer at a local bank of course and they tell tanner that he's going to drive to his bank they're going to hold on to his baby they and his wife get us four million dollars and they're going to get him $195,000. That's better. They did adjust it. That's better. So Tanner goes to his bank. The The gunmen actually drive from there this time, which is different than the last two times. Ooh. Good catch. Um, his wife and his baby stay in the car. Obviously hysterical. Tanner goes in. They've clearly learned yeah, they're what they've done wrong from the last couple. Yeah, definitely. Like, okay, We're not going to let him go by himself this we time. We drive them there. Okay. We bring his family. We take the insurance. Yeah. We don't just leave the insurance at home by itself. Or whatever. Okay, we go. Mm -hmm. We don't just ditch the insurance in a parking lot. We take it with us this time. Take it with us. So they get to the bank. They give Tanner a black bag. They send him in. Tanner walks. better work. It's our last black bag. It's our last one. We're running out. Tanner walks in. He goes past everybody. He walks straight into the vault. And he actually ends up taking almost $200,000. He walks back out of the bank, walks up to the SUV. He opens the door, the, the back door, and he hands him the bag. And he's he actually, though, that you know, they try to take it. You know, you can actually see it on the security cameras. They try to take the bag, and he's like, no, I want my wife and my baby. And then you can have this bag. But there's two gunmen, and there's only one Tanner. So I don't know if they punch him right in the fucking mouth or what. But they, they rip that bag off of him and they slam the door and the car peels out of the parking lot and disappears in a second. Tanner is obviously a fucking wreck. He falls down on his knees. He's screaming. At that point, the cops have already been called. All that shit. Luckily for everybody involved, the wife and the baby were found abandoned in the car miles away in a random parking lot. With a 20 slipped in their pocket. With a 20. (laughs) Buy yourself Um, something nice after this, lady. So at this point, there had been, before Tanner, there had been two robberies. It was feasible to the police that maybe, possibly, it was an inside job. But what are the chances that a third robbery would happen in the same thing where the person gets ditched in a parking lot miles away or gets forgotten about you know they definitely got that part that part they're just not good at the robbery itself they did make away with money this time though unlike the last times so they're getting better at it three months oh boy three months later Brooke Lyons is struggling to get her toddler in the car seat. He wanted to eat candy for breakfast and he was being a little bitch about it. Of so she, Yeah, toddlers. So she's all like, oh, fucking stop, little baby. Stop it. And as she's struggling to get him in the seat, a guy with an assault rifle walks up behind her. Oh, they fucking reinvested. Yeah. And he pushes the barrel of the rifle into the back of her neck. They hijack the car. They force her into the back seat. Huh. Get in the car. Brooke was a $9 an hour teller. This isn't a loan officer or a chief financial officer or like this is nobody important. You know, this is a girl who just needs a job to feed her child. I make 15 an hour, buddy. $9 an hour for inflation. I don't know, but that's crazy. That means nothing. They get her in the car and they tell her as they point the rifle at her. It's got to be like 2017. 
I think it's still 2015. It's only been a few months. It, it, this all the happened. First one? Yeah, it's, it's only been like five months. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, so they tell her, we need $350,000 or we're going to kill your son. Have him. Fuck. He's, He's a terrible child. Here, take him. <laughs> take him. Kill me. Either way, Please, I'm getting out of this. God. The so, only adjustable way to get rid of this fucking kid. They drive her to the bank. They let her out of the car. She goes in. She sees her boss, and she's sobbing, and she's like, I need you to let me into the vault. They have my son. They have guns. If you don't let us into the vault, we're going to die. And she says, no, I'm calling the cops, Brooke. Like, I can't just give, like, let you rob the bank. Like, no. And she looks at her boss, and she tells her, you just killed us. She runs out of the bank. She's grabbing, she's, you know, climbing into the car. She's grabbing her son. She's telling them, like, you, the cops are coming. Like, I tried as hard as I could, but I don't have access into that part of the bank. She's telling them, oh, like, I, take my car. Just take it. Bye. Take it. I don't care. Just let me have my son. I don't have access into that part of the bank. And my boss is calling the cops. You, like, I don't know. I don't know. I tried. The guys push her out of the car with her son. They shove her onto the ground and they peel away. So that's three robberies in Tennessee and one in North Carolina. Like, at this point, there is. That is close to, they're close to each other. I guess so. Yeah, they're both on the East Coast. Yeah, the first one was in North Carolina and the last three have been in Tennessee. So, at this point, there's a pattern. I mean, there's a clear pattern. They got it down. Yeah. Adam Russo was not a bank employee. In fact, he worked at a restaurant. He was an assistant restaurant manager. He had been doing it for... I'll help you rob this fucking restaurant. (laughs) Please, please take me. Please. He had been... Calls off all the time. Like he needs to be taught less. Just wash his hands, right? He was an assistant restaurant manager looking to climb up the corporate ladder, so he was going to a job interview, um, for a different job. At this point, it was September of 2015. He was driving a 2005 red Ford Focus that belonged to his fiance. On his way to the job interview, way back in his rearview mirror, he could see cops chasing a black SUV. Sick. Sick. I saw police chase once. The driver of the black SUV starts to kind of pull up next to Adam. Who, mind you, is just trying to get more money and just trying to live a successful life. So I can't imagine how annoyed he probably was. But this driver of this black SUV pulls up next to him and starts to do this weird motion, like sort of a swipe. Like he's trying to ram Adam, you know? Do it, it, bitch. So basically... If this was Adam's car driving in the right lane, and this was the you know divider that separates highways, mm-hmm. this is the car, and it goes from like the back left side, which is Pit actually, maneuver. what did you say? Pit maneuver. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I was like, man, you're about to mansplain a pit. Thank maneuver you, thank right you, now. thank you. I didn't know what it was. That's why. Oh. <laughs> so yeah, that's called a pit pit maneuver, and it's actually like a cop thing. Definitely a cop thing. Yep, yep. It's so a Grand Theft Auto thing. Okay. I didn't know that at all, so I'm happy that you did. But then the black U- the black SUV speeds past him. It hits another car in front of him, and then it hits oh, another car. Dick. It's just doing this to people. And at that point, it's well ahead of Adam, and he sees the SUV come to a full stop. The passenger side door opens, and one guy gets out, and then the car peels off and bolts away. He gets the man who gets out of the car. He hops the divider off of the highway and runs into the woods. There's a North Carolina state trooper and he was chasing, but he decided not to chase the man into the woods. He wanted to wait for reinforcements. There was just too much going on at that point, which totally, absolutely. So Adam called his girlfriend, his fiance. Hey, not going to make it home tonight. <laughs> this is some crazy shit. I'll send you a video. <laughs> uh, you're not going to believe this. I'm not going to make my job interview. So Adam's girlfriend heard the story. She's like, this is crazy shit, obviously. She calls her dad, and she's telling him about it. Her dad is named Brian O'Hare, and he's an FBI special agent. Dope. Sick. I think he has like low expectations of Adam because in the Dateline interview, he's like, wow, he missed his job interview. Like, that's what he thought she was calling for. He was like, wow, she, he messed it up already. And he doesn't even have the job yet. That's like literally what he says. Yeah. So I think he's got like low expectations of Adam. But 
But she loves him. She loves him. So he's nice about it. <laughs> Nobody ever found either the car, the black SUV, or the guy who hopped out of the car and yeah, drove away. Really Nobody's doing a great job. One month later, Special Agent O'Hare gets assigned the Brooke Lyons case, which is the one we just talked about where she is the bank teller. Yeah. So he gets assigned that case, and he has this moment where they're describing how the robbers, they made off in their own car, and they sped away. And then he remembers, like, holy shit. Adam was on his way to his job interview a month ago, and he got interrupted by this fucking maniac in a black suv and that one guy who like holy shit you know he has like a jimmy neutron brain blast that was the guy those were the guys they did the brook lions case could they be the other people who did the other robberies too so that was really that's a, your job buddy a Figure huge out. huge break in the case i mean from such a random connection I don't know if they would have figured it out without because somehow these people were able to do four robberies and not get caught. <laughs> they're pretty they're good at that part. They're pretty <laughs> like, good at like robbing. I, like I'm saying, <laughs> they're good at that part. They're really Getting good at the it. money part's a little fuzzy. Absolutely. Late October of 2015, he tells his chief about the connections. He's like, look, I know I sound like a stupid bitch, but my dumb girl, my dumb daughter's stupid my bitch. My dong's daughter. My dong's daughter. <laughs> It is his dog's daughter. My stupid daughter's idiot fiance didn't go to his job interview. This is why. And he wasn't bullshitting because, look, it really happened. And I think, boss, I think this guy is the same guy who kidnapped Brooke Lyons and made her rob the bank. And the chief is like, hold up. That's a stretch. That's crazy. So they take a look, a closer look at this black SUV. In the black SUV. They find a GPS. So they look Wait, up. How'd they find the black is? Oh, because the guy got out of it and abandoned it on the highway. Yeah. So okay. the f- one of the guys did. I think this guy, the other guy actually lit it on fire. Okay. That's what I heard is that he abandoned it and lit it on fire. So it was burnt out. And the SUV seemed, uh, I'm sorry, the GPS seemed like it wasn't working. But they sent it off to the S- FBI to like a special Lab. agent. And he was able to get data off of it. Or they were able to get data off of it. So. What they found on this GPS was that this GPS and, you know, this car had been in a credit union near Knoxville. Another time, it had been at a house in the North Carolina mountains. Another place it had been was this really fancy rental. And so they decided to contact the landlady. They were like, who lives here? Just curious. And she's like, oh, Ron Bradford. He's an author and another author and some lady. They all live there. They rent the place. They pay me in cash. It's a month-to-month rental. There's no lease. It's fine. They offered to buy it for $198,000. Yeah, 3.4. Very specific in amount cash, of money. Yeah. <laughs> Strange. They pulled it out of a black bag. No, she didn't really say all that. <laughs> but it's the same black bag every week. The um fucking... Detectives took a look into the name Ron Bradford, and they found Ron out Berkeley. it was a fake name. Obviously, no one is named Ron Bradford. Nobody. <laughs> if you're named Ron Bradford, shout out. <laughs> and they're like, hey, landlady, what car did they drive? And she's like, oh, they drove a black Lexus SUV, but I stopped seeing it around a few weeks ago. It's the same car. That had ran Adam off the road Ooh. in September. Ocean's yeah. 11 moment, the big reveal. But, you know, they're still thinking about the female. Is that the same female who came into Mr. Walter's house, uh, Mr. Martin's house, and asked for milk for the baby? I know, Mr. Martin, he's a douche. He's a douche. Two weeks later, the day before Thanksgiving... They find the stolen SUV. Okay, so the guy didn't burn it. I'm not sure. Sh- I'm not sure. I'm sorry. Anyway, they find the stolen SUV. They Oh, a different. It's actually a Nissan Pathfinder. It's a different SUV. Someone is driving this Nissan Pathfinder that has been filed as stolen. So the cops pull them over. One guy gets, one guy gets out. Oh, I'm so sorry, babe. I totally fucked this up. The guy didn't get out of the fucking car earlier and run in the woods. Or maybe he did. I don't know. One guy gets out of the car out of the passenger seat, the door slams, and the car speeds off. 
The guy tells him, look, I'm not involved. I'm not involved. I'm a hitchhiker. This man just picked me up. I don't even know him. But the fatal mistake of this stolen Nissan Pathfinder was cutting off this red pickup truck on the highway. He cut off a fucking... A dually? Uh, what's his I name? I bet it a was Chad. a dually. A Chad in a dually. A fucking Chad in a dually. Oh, they, he cut off Kyle. Not today. I'm fueled up on pre-workout Mountain Dew and he was. freaking monster Oh hell no. And his monster decal on the back of his truck looked at him in the eyes and they said, let's do it. So this red pickup truck completely goes overdrive into road rage. Completely. And oh, it nah. speeds the fuck off after this Nissan Pathfinder. The cops are also chasing this Nissan Pathfinder. But the <laughs> fact is, this red pickup truck is doing crazy shit. Speed racer shit. It's weaving in Sick. and out of the troopers. It's going zoop diddy zoop. I'm getting them, boys. It must have been a V8 or something because it was right up that Pathfinder's ass, too. It was way Dope. up Vigilante there. justice. Vigilante justice, was indeed. Superman in the fucking driver's seat of the fucking red truck? I, I don't know, but all, all I know is that he could see, everyone could see the veins in his forehead. All I know is that for yeah, sure. That he was, was actually a mention. <laughs> he was very angry. So he chases this Nissan Pathfinder. The cops are chasing... Basically, the red pickup truck chasing the Nissan Pathfinder. Gosh, it's a whole circus. At one yeah, point, this? I think we might, we might, but I don't we think so. I'm not sure. Um, at one point, the Nissan Pathfinder has been driven off the road into the ditch by the red pickup truck. Dope. So he crashes. You know, he's stuck in the ditch. The truck's I not going anywhere. I don't even like this truck. The Pathfinder's not going anywhere. The guy gets out of the car, and the red truck runs him over. Dope. And pins him to a tree. Punk rock. <laughs> so punk rock. <laughs> How you like that? Do ya? So both the guy who got out of the car earlier and the guy who just got out of the car now were both arrested. And alive? And alive. They were both taken to the station. Because I know a thing or two about people being pinned up against trees and trucks. I saw it in signs. She didn't make it. She did not make it. This time they did. Um, the guy who got pinned up against the truck was named Brian Witham. Whoa. What about the unsung hero? Uh, they don't name him. That's like the only... They name all of the cops in this story. I'm not kidding. They name all the cops. They never mention the red pickup guy. And you know what the crazy thing is? I bet he got in trouble. <laughs> yeah, I'll bet. Oh, well, I'm, we're going to give you just a speeding ticket here, buddy. Maybe a little reckless endangerment. You're, you're going to spend some time in jail. You're getting okay. a ticket for your road rage, and I think you should go to therapy. <laughs> We're actually no sentence, just <laughs> mandatory 40 hours of therapy. Big time. Yeah. Please, God, don't stop going to therapy. You want a job, actually? <laughs> you're really good Please, at this. You got a slight hint of racism in there? We could use you on the force. Definitely. The hitchhiker was named Matt Bunanti. He was not a hitchhiker. Matt Bunanti and Brian Witham were actually... Jail pals. They pen pals. Pen pals. <laughs> hey, got him. So and you're hitting that vape pen, and I'm hitting it so hard. Um, so they were sent to jail together. They actually went to Pennsylvania, a jail in Pennsylvania, a prison in Pennsylvania, and they almost broke out. They were this close to They're breaking out, huh? They're pretty smart. Yeah, they're definitely really disciplined for sure. Um. They've watched Ocean's 11, 12, 13. Yeah. The new Ocean's In a line. So they almost broke out of the Pennsylvania jail. They were actually sent to the Supermax in Colorado, which I'm assuming is the one near us. (laughs) Yeah, Florence. (laughs) Bunante, when he got got, he had a list in his pocket of bank executives. Where they lived, what bank they worked at. the list? I'll tell you in a second. They went to the rental house at this point. They got a warrant. They searched. They found all the evidence. They found... All of it. All of it. They found fake tattoos. They seized the computers. They searched the computers. They're hella smart. They're hella smart. They searched the computers, and they found out through going, you know, by going through the searches, that Brian and Matt would go to a social media page of a bank, and they would look for employees who were active. Oh, yeah. That's foolish. From there, they would... They would composite a list of higher-ups that had Facebooks. And from there, they would make their choice 
by picking who was the most active on social media, who shared the most. So they were able to know that Mr. Martin had a daughter who was an adult living in Texas. They knew what town she lived in. They knew what she, what university. They knew that Matt... She drives a blue Prius, doesn't she? Yeah, exactly. They knew that Matt lived with his mother, Valerie, who's... Um, always bitching about your mom on Facebook. Uh-huh. They knew that uh, his dad had recently died, so there would be no other men there that they would have to fight off. They knew that Brooke had recently had a son who was going through difficult times, who was very distracting. They knew that Tanner... He's a real fucking asshole. He's a real dickhead, so that'll be easy. Sit on your Facebook. Tanner and Abby Harris, who they hit, they actually had planned that. They had planned to do that first, but they pushed it off because she had given birth that's nice. They're nice. They're, they're, nice. <laughs> they're not monsters, totally. <laughs> uh, murderer, no. Bank robber, yes. So after they would case basically the person on Facebook to find who they could get the most information from, they would choose their victim, and then they would track down where they lived, and one of the men would bring a bottle, camouflage, GoPro, MREs. He would park up He would go into a tree in their yard. He would film them for hours, hours, days. He would piss in bottles. He would eat his MREs, keep the trash in the bottles. He left no DNA behind. And he would keep such detailed notes. The FBI actually said that they were like FBI quality notes on these people. The FBI is a bunch of fucking tards too. I don't know. I don't know. And the woman? Remember the woman? The woman. Who was asking for milk for her baby and stuff? And the black man that they saw? Uh They found them in the house that Brian and Matt were renting. Dead. They were $1,500 masks. Just to throw them off. Just to throw them off. Literally just to throw them off. So Matt, original Matt. Genius. Matt, who was going in front of a ground jury, who the first one they strapped the C4 to... He finally, finally got exonerated. They were finally like, okay, it wasn't you. (laughs) Well, guess what? I'm suing you now. Now I am. So Brian... Now they can rob me. I got my own money. (laughs) Brian and Matt got one of them. Okay, um... So Brian, I'm pretty sure, is the one who got sentenced to four life sentences plus 150 years. And Matt Bunanti took a deal... So, oh, no, 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 I'm backwards. Matt Bunanti got four life sentences with 150 years added, and Brian Witham took a deal, so he only got 30 years. Nice. Are you scared? No, I'm actually really impressed. Are you? By those guys. (laughs) Are you juiced? Yeah, a little. I kind of thought that was excellent, and I was like, you're going to love this. (laughs) I love the red truck man. I know. Uh, Who is he? If you are the guy who drives the red truck, who ran Matt Bunante and Brian with him off the (laughs) fucking road, please, please hit us up. We want to give you all our money. You can come live here for free. It's fine. We'll set you up. We're going to hook you up. It's going to be great. I I thought it was a good one. That was good. I liked that one. Really good. Um, Huge thank you to A Villainous Plot by Dateline. That's uh, where I got the info. Oh. <laughs> it's a really good episode. <laughs> um, okay, this is the part of the story where I read you Scary John. Scary John. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I don't want it to be too long because you guys already got two bonus episodes this weekend. I just feel <sighs> like you're getting out of control. I've been recording this entire weekend. Pretty much this whole weekend. She won't even make dinner for me unless I record. Oh, fuck. All right. This is from an anonymous user on the paranormal board of 4chan. Like always. Like always. This person says, late at night, I can't sleep. My dog is with me and she's just chilling on the bed. I'm on my phone watching some bullshit. And I drop it on my face. (laughs) Relatable. Breaks my nose. (laughs) It's like 2 a.m. and the window is open. I live in the middle of nowhere, so it's pitch black First outside. First off, foolish then. You never leave your windows open in the middle of nowhere. In the middle of nowhere, no. I know. My mom and dad would do that. Well, like, when we lived in Minnesota, I was just like, uh-uh. Uh, thanks. Not my fucking room. I hate it. My dog starts Sounds to growl. Sounds out there weird. Huh? Sounds out there weird. I bet. That sounds really scary. It's terrifying. Huh. My dog starts to growl at my window. Don't well, that's fucking weird. Yeah, that's normal. 
It's weird. That's a, that's a Wednesday night around here. I mean, honestly. So I go over to the window and I look out. I don't notice anything at first, but then I realize there's this completely white, glowing human figure. Okay. I'm tired. I'm traumatized. I just want to go to sleep. I just smoked a fat blunt. So I go back to bed. My dog was alert and stared out the window the whole night. The next morning, the light was gone. Maybe I'm a schizo, but there's always weird shit happening at my house. In the middle of nowhere. In the middle of nowhere. Um, that was one. I don't really want to write another one, I don't think. Okay, we'll do one more tiny one. This isn't paranormal, but I didn't sleep a wink that night. I used to be a troublemaker. I hung I out. I used to be a real Jimmy Jam. Same. <laughs> I hung out with junkies and thieves. Same. Same. One night, I'm watching something on YouTube, Same. and I hear three knocks on my window. Thank God the dog didn't hear that. I know. Immediately, I shit bricks because I live on the third floor. I finish shitting said bricks and I decide to never sleep again. Who is it? <laughs> <laughs> Go away now. I'm done with you. I wouldn't put it past no one's home. No one's home. I wouldn't put it past some guys who could try to get in my apartment through the roof and balcony to steal my shit. But I didn't sleep a wink at all that night. Also, it was around that time when I angered one junkie who was a notorious thief around here, so I think that's what it was. Are you scared, Jake? Uh, no. No? Nah. Mm -mm. Well, happy Halloween. Happy Halloween! You know, you did that thing again where we talk about something and then all of a sudden you do a, a podcast on it. What? Were we talking about people don't just come into your house and fucking murder you. And oh. Yeah, because remember we were all talking about, I feel like someone's going to come and murder us, babe. Uh, the reason I... Don't know, what, I were we, what were we talking about when we were You talking were talking about, about if our landlady decided that she kills poor people for oh, ritualistic yeah. purposes. yeah. Yeah. That's not why I decided. I picked this one specifically because nobody Thanks dies. For reminding me, <laughs> because nobody dies in this story, and I thought you would They're enjoy. Real nice. Thank you. They're nice robbers. I thought you would enjoy a good heist. I liked it. You liked it. I liked it. It was spooky. It was good. Bank robberies. You know, those are like action movies. They're it good. is like action movies. And imagine the terror if somebody was like, "You have to go rob your dispensary right now, or I'm going to chop off your wife's face." Done. Done. I'll rob it right now. I don't care. Anyway, thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Happy Halloween. Enjoy. Happy Halloween. Be safe. Don't go trick or treating. Stay inside. Mm -hmm. And don't, don't forget, forget to, drink. to vote. I mean, drink water. And don't forget to drink water. Fuck Donald Trump. Fuck Donald Trump. <laughs>